For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. John 3.16. It is one of the most beloved Bible verses out there, known and memorized by countless Christians. And Christians and non-Christians alike might know, not know, rather, the words of the verse itself, but they do know that particular combination of book and chapter and verse. John 3.16. You can find John 3.16 all over the place. In and out has it printed on the bottom of their drinking cups. <laughs> Forever 21 has sometimes printed John 3.16 on their shopping bags. And of course, it's not unusual to turn on your TV, to watch some sports, to see someone holding a sign that says, John 3.16, exactly. So where did that come from? Well, this is gonna be a little bit of education for you tonight. The man who made this particular practice popular is named Roland Stewart. He actually has kind of a sad story at the end. But he started out as somebody who would wear a rainbow-colored wig uh, to uh, sporting events, and it earned him the nickname the Rainbow Man. Roland had a knack for knowing exactly where the cameras were going to be pointing at sporting events, and so he would find a way to get a seat so that he would be picked up by those cameras and thus be broadcast into the living rooms of millions of Americans. Roland actually got his start without the John 316 sign, but instead chose to wear that famous rainbow wig and a fur loincloth, and that's it. <laughs> he made his television debut at the 1977 NBA Finals in that way. But after attending the Super Bowl in 1979 or 1980, Roland went back to his hotel room and he watched a television program called Today in Bible Prophecy. And he realized that he could use his notoriety to spread the gospel. He got rid of the loincloth, he got a t-shirt that says, Jesus saves, and he made a sign that said John 3.16. And he spent the next decade driving about 60,000 miles a year as a professional spectator, supported by churches as an evangelist. Roland's hope, we have not, I don't think St. A's actually supported him. I'm pretty sure they didn't. But Roland's hope was that a culture obsessed with sound bites, that, that people would see this particular sound bite and be motivated to look up the verse. And as far as verses go, John 3.16 is a pretty good one because it sits at the, at the heart of the gospel. And it is a wonderful synopsis of the theology of the gospel of John. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. It's not just that the word became flesh and lived among us. For John 3.16 tells us what it looks like for the Word to become flesh. And it's not just that God is love or that God loves us. 
Here we see the full implication of God's love uh, in the act of redemption. And more than that, we also see the cost of that redemption. We see God's love enfleshed and given for us and for the salvation of the world. But because of the soundbite quality of this verse, it can also obscure as it illuminates. Let's face it, this verse carries a lot of baggage and it carries a lot of weight. We can get locked into a way of hearing this verse that can make it seem like less than good news. We might get worried about what it means to believe. We, we might get worried that God will only love those who believe or who believe enough or who believe in the right way. We might think of eternal life as something that only happens after we die, and so we might worry about those who do not believe in that right way, maybe including our loved ones, maybe even including ourselves. And that's why I think it's important for us to recognize that the, the object of God's saving love in this verse is not a particular few out of the greater whole. No, the object of God's saving love is the world. For indeed, God so loved the world that God gave God's Son. And indeed, as verse 17 tells us, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In John's Gospel, the world is God's creation, but the world is also hostile to God and ignorant about God. The world loves darkness more than light in John's mind. And yet, as we are told right here, God loves God's enemies. God loves the whole world. But it's not just that God loves the world, but God loves the world in this way and just this much. This love is a costly love. This love is a giving of self. God loves everything that is, and God longs to save everything that is. To do so, God gives of God's very own self. Christ giving himself is God's very own self-giving love for the sake of the salvation of the world. And as such, Christianity does not just proclaim the salvation of individuals, but the salvation of the world. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, there is salvation for individuals as well. And as we come to believe and trust in God, as God is revealed in Jesus Christ, then we are already coming to participate in that salvation. The eternal life that Jesus here promises is not just about life after we die, but a, but a new order of being that we come to participate in, in the here and now, through our faith and through the sacraments. Eternal life is not an endless extension of our old life, but a, but a new creation that is breaking into our world, but is also already present. So yes, there is salvation for individuals, and, and John's gospel invites us to live into that salvation, and it, it warns us against turning away from that salvation. John asks us to exist in a place of tension, therefore. 
between the universal significance of Christ's saving work and the individual's potential to turn away. But with all that said, with all that said, for the gospel of John, the object of God's saving love is not merely individuals, but is nothing less than the whole world. And in this way, we are connected to one another. We are connected to one another as creatures of God and God and objects of God's love. So too, we are connected with the whole of creation, therefore. For the whole world is created by God and beloved by God and, as we are told, saved by God. And I think when we can see this, then we can come to see how we are all in this crazy thing called life together. We are bound to one another as creatures of God, beloved by God, saved by God. We are bound together, bound to one another. As the great Anglican priest and poet John Donne wrote, no man, no person, is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. I've had this in mind this last week as I've been reflecting on COVID-19. And I'm struck by how our society atomizes us and isolates us. Too often in our country, we operate under the mistaken idea that, that my health is my responsibility and that your health is your responsibility. We think of healthcare as a, as a private issue. But this coronavirus reveals how mistaken we are. We are connected to one another. Our health as individuals is a, is a public issue and of public concern. And this virus reveals how reliant we are on one another and how much ensuring the well-being of individuals helps to ensure the well-being of all. The health of my neighbor is critical for my own health and my health is critical for theirs. For instance, the worker who cannot afford to miss work for fear of being fired not only lives in terror, but puts us all in danger. The person who does not seek medical care for fear of out-of-control medical costs not only jeopardizes their own health, but everyone else's health as well. This virus reveals that we are all in this together. And our call in this time is to figure out how we can support one another amidst this potential public health crisis. And indeed, we can help one another because we do so knowing that God so loved the world. We can be people of courage who do not succumb to the power of fear or hate because God so loved the world. We can be a non-anxious presence because God so loved the world. We can care for one another and look out for the vulnerable because we are all in this together and because God so loved the world. We can be agents of love because God so loved the world. For in Christ, God is saving this tired and broken world because God loves it and God longs to make it whole.
For indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen.